Hey, I'm Diani Sabin, and welcome to World Building. World Building is a new podcast that explores the science behind the incredible worlds of fantasy novels. From the mines of Moria to the skies of Pern, fantasy worlds are designed to look and feel totally different from ours, but also be totally believable. And that's really hard. On this show, we'll examine how science is presented in fantasy worlds, and how that science informs the world of the novel. We'll also talk to scientists, engineers, sociologists, and anthropologists about how plausible that world really is. Every month, we'll focus on a different book, and each week, we'll hone in on a specific part of that book. This month, we're reading The Book of Phoenix by Nnedi Okorafor, and this week, we're talking about resurrection. Just so we're all on the same page, the world of the Book of Phoenix has highly advanced science based on experiments that occur in government test facilities. These experiments are on people, who the government calls specimen. Now, specimen are engineered in some way to advance science, but in ways that are not morally or ethically sound. The book follows our hero Phoenix as she discovers and eventually destroys the society that allowed these experiments to occur. And right away, the book reveals that Phoenix has a special talent. You are super mortal. You can live and die to live and die again. You are specimen, beacon and reaper, life and death, hope and redemption. Phoenix is able to self-combust and die, and then her body regenerates. She was genetically engineered to die and return. I died when I was one month old. I looked about two years old. I'd run a fever, began to glow brightly, then simply burned up. Minutes later, I came back, good as new, a naked two-year-old looking brown child with a head full of puffy black hair. I don't remember any of it. I could burn and then live again, a reoccurring small nuclear bomb. This is an extremely powerful image in fiction, but can something actually die and return to life? I went to talk to Ramin Rani at the Birnbaum Plant Regeneration Lab at NYU to find out. Rani told me about some experiments people have done on something called hydra, small invertebrates that live underwater and look like tiny jello trees. Biologists think they're pretty cool because they can regenerate. Some of the early work with uh, hydra cut them up into like 40 pieces and each one would still make a whole new hydra although they're not really dying they're just kind of being subdivided and ronnie says that actually dying like really fully dying and then coming back to life is a little harder to manage i don't know i don't have any examples of like whole organisms doing that once you're dead that's a little bit (laughs) it's hard to yeah reconstitute yourself But there is some new research that is getting closer to resurrection for individual cells. I think they took liver cells and then they would kind of bathe them in ethanol and then they would start dying and they would start almost blebbing out and just looking really bad and then they take away the ethanol and they would kind of revert back and like kind of rise from the dead in a way at the cellular levels. Getting back to the book, cellular resurrection is one of the theories that Phoenix postulates for her own remarkable ability. She says... I do not know what they saw when I came back to life. Did I simply rise from the ashes at the bottom of the pit? Did I appear cell by cell? Or did I just appear? 
And near the end of the book, we see her resurrection through the eyes of another character, Saeed. He sees a mist creep over the spot where she died, a mist that becomes nebulous and more human-shaped over time. It would make rough sense for this to be a mist of individual stem cells, conglomerating and reforming her body. Ronnie told me... We define a stem cell as something that divides into two cells. One of those cells goes on and becomes something, like a certain cell type, and then the other one stays relatively undifferentiated, and that cycle keeps repeating. This process is how bodies form and how regenerating organisms rebuild limbs and organs. But a chorophore suggests that Phoenix's stem cells have a different source. While researching her origins, Phoenix says... I knew of Henrietta Lacks, a black American woman who died during Jim Crow in 1951. Her cancer cells were harvested and used to advance science beyond the imaginable after scientists learned that those cells were immortal. For years, her family had no idea what had happened. They had no idea that though Henrietta had died, her cells lived on and on and on and on, multiplying and multiplying. Though it wasn't stated in my records, I'd always been sure that Henrietta's cells had been used in the research that had led to my creation. And all that is basically true. HeLa cells, so they're like an immortal cell line and they're tumor cells, from what I hear, they're super finicky to work with. Like, um, if you have them in an incubator that's at a certain temperature, how many times you open the door can determine how well they survive. Yes, they're immortal, but under, you know, very strict conditions and a lot of care. So, in the real world, immortality is limited, but it's connected to this idea of regeneration, and strangely, to youth. Age has to do with it. We do know that younger fruits regenerate better than uh, older ones, and I think that's true with animals too. There are xenopus frogs, like the tadpoles, you can cut off the tail and regenerate, but then once they uh, grow into an adult, they don't regenerate anymore. With things like uh, hydra, where they are constantly just regenerating, you might be able to get away with it a lot longer. This resonates with the book, where Phoenix is physically and mentally 40, but is actually two years old. Because, in fact, the animals that are immortal tend to stay young forever. The so-called immortal jellyfish goes from being young and attached to a rock to the adult free-swimming jellyfish that we sort of generally imagine. And then instead of just dying and falling to the ocean floor, as it falls, it reverts back to being this immature stage and attaches to a rock again. And it just kind of cycles through those forever, and so in that way it kind of cheats death. And Phoenix's cycles of regeneration certainly help her cheat death. And speaking of cheating death, one of the most interesting twists in the story is meeting Gila. I have life in my blood. It's a river of time, she says. Gila herself is immortal, and although her regeneration isn't as flashy as Phoenix's, her blood keeps her body from breaking down. And as a specimen without rights, this extra time stored in her blood is regularly stolen by seven billionaires who can afford to buy it from the lab that held her captive. There are seven men who have injected my blood into their veins. These are the seven men whose bodies will never go through senescence. They will never die. And in real life, this isn't that far-fetched. The blood thing's interesting because 
blood formation sort of is a kind of regeneration because your, your bone marrow makes all your different blood cell types and then they get destroyed in the spleen and that just keeps on cycling and cycling. So it kind of is a type of regeneration itself. Of course, we can't actually inject a person with stem cells and hope it makes them immortal. It's weird because the organisms that, that are immortal, they don't degrade too much. Hydra are one of them, and for them, they're constantly kind of sloughing off cells that are kind of always regenerating. I think in things like humans, if you were to try to do that, it'd probably be trickier to try and gain immortality through stem cells because you do run the risk of over dividing and taking everything over. Mm-hmm. Cells overdividing and taking everything over is another way of saying that we don't get cancer. And we don't have the technology yet to prevent it from happening in people. But how long before scientists crack the regeneration thing? A hundred years? Fifty years? I think 50 is uh, optimistic, but I don't see why we couldn't kind of hijack embryonic pathways that kind of let you develop in the first place and use them as an adult. I think the goal for a lot of like regenerative medicine is to take a patient's like skin cells, something like not too invasive, like culture those cells. If there's like a genetic problem, like fix that and then reprogram them and then put them back in and try to like repair the body. So it hasn't worked yet, but you know, we're getting better at it. A few hundred years, maybe we can grow back an arm under the right conditions. But is that a good thing? You don't have to look hard to see the connection the book draws between privilege and the availability of scientific treatment. Men, only men, are wealthy enough to buy my blood, Gila said. They spend half of what they have. Billions. What kind of man has billions? The few, Gila tells us. Perhaps the 1% in the real world. And Gila has a feeling that it doesn't make the future pretty. These men who are still billionaires and garner great influence, in a matter of years, the world will be theirs. Because of me. Because of me! Of course, Phoenix makes sure that these men and the rest of the society gets their just desserts. Regeneration does not make the world in the Book of Phoenix a more equitable society. In it, we see perhaps our own future, a world where science comes at the expense of a few individuals, like Henrietta Lacks, and benefits only the super wealthy. And that's perhaps the most powerful part of fiction, that it explores the limits and effects of science on society. And that's pretty cool, for readers and scientists alike. Yeah, I think, I think regeneration's cool, and I definitely do like seeing fiction kind of run with ideas that are seeded by science or vice versa. Thank you for joining me today on World Building. This week, dramatic readings were provided by my mom, Kathy Abermite, and our music, as always, is Crazy Glue Instrumental by Josh Woodward. You can find him at joshwoodward.com. For next week's show, we're going to be talking about resilience and survival in the Book of Phoenix, joined by an ecologist who studies extreme environments. Also, our next book is quickly approaching, so dig into C.S. Friedman's classic, This Alien Shore. Happy reading! <laughs>